everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. And boy, what did I say? We would forget all about the last one if they just came out and won tonight. And they did, in fact, take care of business tonight. How about that Travis Konechny? Couple of goals. Gets the game opening goal for the seventh time this season. Fam, little hint, you can bet on who's going to score the first goal of the game. You can always get good odds. Check out DraftKings. Look at uh, Travis Konechny for that first goal because he does it quite a bit. Uh, other than that, I was uh, I was skeptical about the uh, JVR, TK, and Giroux line. Just uh, Giroux back at center, and then you never know what you're going to get in terms of a 200-foot game with JVR. I will say... I said this on Twitter tonight. I have been more impressed with JVR's everything else this year than I think maybe I've ever been. But, like, his everything else... What's going on here? Okay. Uh, his everything else is, like, not what he gets paid for. He gets paid to score the goals. He gets one tonight, had a few chances. Uh, maybe this power play can get going. Joel Farabee adds a power play goal. That's two games in a row with a goal for him. Uh, Raffle took that hit. Um, behind the net and was shaken up a little. Faraby got a, a shift with Couturier and Voracek at one point, so maybe this could be the opportunity for Joel Faraby to reestablish himself, if not on the top line, then at least uh, outside of the fourth line in a top six or top nine role. Uh, Brian Elliott was good tonight, did what he was supposed to do. Um, good veteran backup. This is what, I mean, obviously he's going to give up more than one most nights, but this is just kind of the steady performance you want to see out of him. I think in the third, he did have that one uh, where he took a walk. He was like halfway into the corner, uh, but to his credit, didn't give the shooter anything and no harm, no foul, so he was fine. Uh, I thought a good all-around game tonight. I thought Travis Sanheim and Phil Myers uh, stood out as a pairing. Um uh, one or the other has been struggling for a lot of this season. It's been Phil Myers a lot recently. I think Sandheim has really turned it on lately. But when they're both just playing within themselves, I think you see, and then it, it creates opportunities for them to show what they can do. And then I think, uh, and then I think you really start to see the potential with those two together. I would just let those two rot to death together. You're either going to make it as a pair or neither of you are any good. Like that's, I would just, no matter what happens with the defense, I would just keep those two together and let it ride and see if they can become uh, just a dynamic duo back there. Uh, there was one more thing I cannot remember. I just had it. It was on the tip of my brain, and now it has eluded me. So let's get to your comments. I'm sure I'll go on a tangent or three. Uh, at some point or another, but let's get to you guys. Um, let's start it off with Mark. I love the optimism. Didn't, didn't expect anything less than a win. Yeah, they haven't lost two in a row in regulation at home all year. Uh, they're just much better than the Kings. You know they wanted to make up for that abysmal performance out in L.A. on New Year's Eve, and they basically did tonight. So uh, hats off to them for that. that you you want to beat the teams that you're better than in your home, I don't care who's in net. I don't care who, how you have to shuffle the lines. There's absolutely no reason you shouldn't beat L.A. 4-1. to one. So, that said, there's something to doing what you're supposed to do. So, absolutely a good win for the Flyers. Two points are two points. They don't ask how. They ask how many. Uh, and I thought this was overall a pretty good game for the Fly Guys tonight. That's what it was. I wanted to talk about the slow starts. I knew I'd remember. Uh, it's weird. The slow starts... 
tonight I thought was a good example of when we talk about the uh, the forecheck and how it sometimes takes a little while to get going. And I've made the comparison a million times now to a running game in football. It's not about the two or three yards you get in the first quarter. It's about wearing the defense down and hitting them, uh, you know, for big chunks of plays later in the game. And I think as long as the Flyers can, and easier said than done, because obviously if the other team has momentum for the first five minutes of the game, anything can happen. But if the Flyers just don't play like shit for the first five minutes, they don't have to create a ton offensively. If they're good for 45 minutes of a 65-minute game, that's cool. They just can't fall apart completely, especially in the defensive zone, uh, when the other team starts to have that momentum going and everything. So if they just play within the structure, and even if they can't get anything going offensively, just remember your assignments. Don't let your guy get behind you. Don't try to do someone else's job. Just do the things you're supposed to do. You can very easily overcome a slow starting offense with just not playing like absolute ass uh, in the beginning of the game, which I think they were able to do tonight. So just don't give up two. Like, just don't give up two in the first eight minutes of the game, and you'll probably be okay. It's unbelievable that we're still talking about this after all these years. And I do think the issue. Like, it's a little more explainable now because they have an identity um, and they establish it. And once you get halfway through the first period, you can see, like, okay, that four check's really starting to get going. Then all of a sudden you start to see the turnovers. How many times have we seen those exact turnovers that the Flyers created tonight lead to scoring chances? So many times. Uh, one guy goes in, puck deflects into the slot or whatever it is, and they get good scoring chances. So I think they just need a little time to establish that four check. Um, they just need to not be terrible while the offense isn't doing its job. The other two zones, you have to take care of your business. And that's it. That was the other thing I wanted to rant about. So let's get back to your comments. Uh, Brian, woo! I'll give you a woo. I'm sorry, guys. I have very little voice right now. The change in the weather, extreme cold from whatever the hell it was last weekend, just wreaks havoc on me, but I'm trying. How about JVR? Yeah, Alicia, we've been, uh, we've been up and I've been up and down on JVR all year. I just said, like, I don't know if I've ever been happier with his everything else game than I have this year, but his job is to score goals. If he's not scoring goals, it's like, all right. But I will say, man, those two setups, I tweeted tonight, give him number 21 back. He was looking like Forsberg out there setting up Konechny like his name was Simone Gagne. How about it? Uh, Obviously, exaggeration, but JVR played a hell of a game. I like that line. Maybe they're going to find some continuity here. Um even if Raffle, maybe they move him down in the lineup, maybe he has to move some time, miss some time. I hope that's not the case because I love him in the lineup, just maybe not on the first line. Um, but And just how many more freaking guys do the Flyers have? Um, but I would just uh, – maybe you can get something going here, at least in the short term. I don't love Giroux at center. But it seems to be the only option at this point. So maybe they can get something going with this. Get on a little bit of roll. Um, try to beat those Penguins. Because that is what is next. There's only one game remaining until the All-Star break. Of course, they were off on Sunday and they are off on Monday. And then on Tuesday, the 21st, the Pittsburgh Penguins come into town. And the Flyers try to avenge that just disaster. Uh, so what was it? 7-1 earlier in the season just the absolute low point of the year from an on-ice perspective, uh, really trying to turn that around. 
And if you are looking for somewhere to watch the last game of the unofficial first half of the season, may I suggest to you Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. That's right, Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern right there in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. It is my favorite bar at the whole Jersey Shore. It's one of my favorite bars in the world to watch the Flyers or to watch any game. And it starts with the owner, Timmy Fitzpatrick. Timmy's just the man. What else can you say about him? He is always there making sure that beer is cold and that food is hot. I am always afraid I'm going to mix that up and say that beer is hot and that food is cold. I probably have before, but just know that's not the case. The beer is cold and the food is hot uh, at Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. It's it's a it's. I can't put it over enough. They have uh, so many direct TV packages and just uh, awesome pork sandwiches. You will eat and drink and watch as much as, your, uh, as much as your heart desires while you're at Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. So give it a shot next time you're looking for somewhere to watch a Flyers game. All right, let's get back to your comments. Uh, welcome to Ernie Hudson postgame show brought to you. Brought to you by Cameo with your director of fun and games, Bill Matz. Yeah, how, uh, I, man... The theme nights are fun. I wore my – this was from 90s night last year, I guess. Uh, the Philly Flyers of Broad Street, supposed to be the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I don't know. I think they could have done a better job with it. But I like the graphics and everything, and I thought it was, you know, theme night, so I'd wear it tonight. Uh, you know I'm a mark for Ghostbusters. I'll pop for anything Ghostbusters. That's just me. I just freaking love it so much. Hi, Bill. What's up, Josh? How's it going? Uh, Adam, surprisingly great game from for JVR. Yeah, maybe this is a good combination for him. Uh, we know he and G are friends, obviously TK and, uh, along with Couturier, they're kind of the two guys that have made the offense go so far this year. So split them up, uh, try to get JVR and G going. And here we are. Um, nice, nice game for that line. I think nice game for the top six all around. Uh, defense looks solid. A look at the future. Sanheim Myers, just very steady back there. Yeah. Like I said, at the top of the show, leave those two together. Just let him work it out. I know they're going to have their hiccups. I know Myers is going to be inconsistent. Uh, Sanheim, I thought Sanheim had a very strong game tonight. Uh, flashed at points in the offensive zone as well. Uh, had one ugly turnover where he kind of just got chased down. Um, just had the puck taken away from him. But that's going to happen. He's a guy who's going to have the puck on his stick. Hopefully more and more as he tries to make things happen, get more confident, and just really assert himself as a uh, – as a key piece of this team, as a guy, you're not just looking to develop Travis Sanheim anymore. Travis Sanheim has to be a contributor. Ghost is hurt. Ghost isn't as good as we thought he was. Whatever the issue is with Ghost, he's not in the lineup. I don't know how effective he's going to be. If he gets back in the win or if he gets back into the lineup, you have these issues with defense. It is now time, Travis Sanheim, we're not developing you anymore. We're counting on you, and I think he really stepped up lately. Um, wow, two productive lines. Yeah, how about it? And, you know, the fourth line has been good. Um, I like Farabee getting uh, – if if he, if you're going to play him fourth line minutes, also allow him the power play time to try to get his confidence up, produce some points, and he's done that the last couple nights. Uh, maybe he'll work his way up into the top nine or even the top six now, uh, depending on what's going to happen with Michael Roffle. But, um, yeah, it's when, – when they just – they don't even need – yes, you want to roll four lines, but – when they just have two lines going, they're really good. Voracek and Lawton were everywhere first period. Yeah, this is some of the best hockey. Voracek just overall, and I'm very critical of Jake Voracek. Uh, ask Steph, ask Charlie, ask Kelly, ask Craig, ask Steve. I am as critical of 
Jake Voracek as anybody when warranted. I will say I think he's playing his best hockey in two years right now. That's what I'm seeing out of Jake Voracek. Love TK. Karen, how do you not love TK? Um, dude, uh, someone says it in here every show, but it just bears repeating. TK was born to be a flyer. He just really is. He's a, a skilled sniper, playmaker, whatever you want to call him with that attitude. Uh, doesn't back down. Littler, uh, you know, smaller guy, but just just fights out there and uh, earns his space. That nice one-time golden night, couple of different, uh, just man. <sighs> Provorov and TK in the same first round. That is a hell of a draft. Thank you, Ron Hextall. We should go out and acquire Pajot. He's available and his asking price wouldn't be high. Yeah, the problem is they don't have the cap space. I would love to go get Pajot, but... I just don't know how feasible it is. I don't think they're going to be able to really make um, – I don't really think they're going to be able to make the impact sort of additions um, people are hoping for. I wish they could, uh, but I think this is kind of going to be a let it ride with this group. Maybe they go out and get some depth. Um, we know the third line struggling. If you can figure something out with a, a guy on an expiring, cheaper deal maybe to play in your third or fourth line, kind of bolster the bottom six, but – I just don't know if they have um, – I don't know if this is the year to get in, like, bidding wars and give up assets if you don't have the cap space to really make anything happen anyway. Uh, I'd kind of just – listen, obviously, I, I want to win the Cup every year. That's – I'm a Flyers fan, first and foremost. But looking at the situation, maybe this is the year to just let it ride with what you have and then kind of regroup in the off season, figure out what you have cap-wise, have some um, – you have some interesting contracts coming up with Nolan Patrick and uh, and Oscar Lindblom, Justin Braun, Brian Elliott. So you're going to have some decisions to make. You're going to have some wiggle room. Obviously, some guys are going to get some raises, but we will uh, we'll see how they handle that. Woo! To a last week and a half. Yeah, I mean, hard to argue with their production lately. Uh, I know we all wanted that that last game, that Montreal game, was it? Uh, yeah, we all wanted that Montreal game. You don't want to lose four to one at home. Uh, you don't want to kind of ease off the gas after such a great week against a bunch of really good teams, but uh, no one wins all of them and they come out and get to two points tonight. And now it's just Pittsburgh and then nine days off boys. That's all you need. One more really good game. And then we all get nine days off except for Travis Konechny who has to go skate around in that stupid exhibition. Uh, great game tonight. I hope Elliot sees the puck as well as he did tonight on Tuesday. Listen, uh, <laughs> I would not count on that. I'm not counting the Flyers out. I'm not saying Elliot won't play well. I'm just saying he got lit the fuck up last time they played Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is just light years ahead of L.A. It's They're not comparable. So the Flyers, if they're going to win this one, I think they're going to need four or five uh, minimum. You know, that's just, I think, the way it's going to have to be. Myers played great tonight. Yeah, Chris. Listen, nothing excite. a few things excite me more than the upside of Phil Myers. When you see it, you go, damn, how did so many teams miss on him? And when he has his off nights, you go, holy shit, what are we going to do about this guy? But you always recognize the upside, and when he shows it, it's just so nice. Uh, JVR was solid tonight. Easily one of his best games this season. Hopefully Farabee is starting to have things click. Moose was real solid. Defense was good. Yeah, I thought it was a good team win. 
Like you, you got contributions from up and down the lineup. Um, I I think with this offense and what you want because they're depleted. Uh, we know that you know move. They have to move Drew back to center. They have to move guys around the lineup. They're dealing with injuries. They're dealing with a lot of things out of their control. But if Faraby can get the offense going, then that will alleviate some of the pressure off the top guys, and that'll just help everybody. You know, good win. Let's drink, Kyle. Cheers, my friend. What is? I just bought this the other day. It is a fat orange cat corporation T-shirt. It's called. Uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Cheers, all. Uh, let's see. Can we take a moment to appreciate Bamf Brian Elliott and his lower body? Listen, I appreciate Brian Elliott. Um, I wanted an upgrade over him in the offseason. Looking at the market, he may very well have been, um, the best available, the best option, uh, for a veteran backup, thinking Carter Hart's going to take a majority of the starts. Um, the dude has battled. The dude has come back from injuries early. The guy has sacrificed his health and uh, individual statistics to try to help the team, and I appreciate all of that. It is just really frustrating when he lets in two softies a game. Uh, played very well tonight. I'm not taking anything away from his performance tonight. It's just like, ugh, is this – it's not sustainable. They need Carter Hart back if they're going to make any sort of run. Um but, uh, you know what, let's just leave it at Brian Elliott was good tonight. I don't want to, like, get into the Brian Elliott wormhole after he wins 4-1. to one. I think Phil's mind works faster than his hands and feet at times. I think he'll settle down his play a bit and figure it out. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if that's exactly it, but we see a lot of big guys. You know, they just take time with the, we always hear about the speed of the game, how the speed at the NHL uh, is an adjustment for everybody. Now he's been up a while, so it's not. It's this season. He had some games last year and everything, but a guy at his size figuring out what he can and can't do, and then he's always been one of the more skilled guys. You know, all of a sudden he's not the most skilled guy out there, and he's so big, it's easier to take the puck away from big guys. Sometimes you can get under him, you can get leverage on him. Uh, I think it's all a learning process for Phil Myers. I think it's going to work out, and he's going to be. Uh, perhaps a really good top four defenseman, but um, it, he was good tonight. Seems like Myers really benefited from switching back and forth with Haig, uh, but he's young, adjusting to the NHL. Yeah, I don't know if he benefited from from the in and out of the lineup stuff. Uh, I think that's just kind of a coach's call to, uh, you know, the coach can only do so much. He's going to put guys in. Everyone says Haig works hard, popular in the locker room. We all know the hits and the block shots and all that. So he's a popular guy among coaches and players. He's going to get his his chances. Um, as a sixth defenseman, I don't mind him. Like the shirt, dude. Thank you, Vincent. Uh, TK is an absolute stud. He certainly is. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, was talking to some people about o- online this week about different players in the team, maybe they need to show more personality to be more marketable, to get casual fans more interested. Here's the thing. You know what will get the casual fans more interested? A playoff run. Nothing until then will get the casual fans more interested. Like, I started covering the team, like, as a writer for Bleacher Report in 2010-11, and I'm still interning at, you know, WIP at the time. I'm on the Big Daddy Graham show. Uh, And it's not like there was a ton of hockey then. And they're coming off a Stanley Cup appearance, and they were in 
contention for the President's Trophy until like the last three weeks of the season. So like, I, I just think hockey's not that popular. And with like after the 2013 lockout, it became even less popular, more niche. And the only thing that's going to bring casual, quote unquote, casual fans back is a is a is a is a deep playoff run and the idea that. This team has stars, and this team is built to compete for years. Uh, I think that's the only thing. But in terms of marketing individual players, goddamn, how do you not look at TK and just go, he's the guy. He's got personality. He's funny as hell. He's awesome. He's an all-star now, uh, homegrown player, young. He'll be here forever. You can encourage. Yeah, He just signed the long-term deal, so you can encourage everybody to go buy his jersey. He seems like the guy you want to push. What a great win. Let's go Flyers. I'll cheers to that again, Alex. There you go. I'm in a good mood tonight. There's nothing worse than when they lose on a Saturday. It's like, God damn it. I got to do post game and not go out on a Saturday. <laughs> like I was not going to just chill in my house tonight. But y- you feel like they wasted. I take it personal when they play like shit on the weekend. You play like shit during the week. Eh, you know, get them next time. When they play like shit on the weekend, I take it personally because I have to do this. And it bothers me. Yeah, Justin Braun. Let's not forget Justin Braun. Back in the lineup tonight. Looked pretty good. That penalty kill uh, was, uh, what did they kill? Four? Oh, no, only two. They only had two tonight. But the power play was also two for two. So a good special teams uh, game tonight. I thought they were shorthanded more than that. Why doesn't this team have consistency on the road? If they're going to make the playoffs, road wins are needed. Listen, it's definitely an issue. And they absolutely need to be better on the road than they've been. I just think circumstantially, a lot of it is explainable. And hey, if it continues, then that's they just have an issue that they need to fix, and I don't have an answer. But we went over that a little on BSH Radio this week. Like they're in Prague to start the year, they come home for like a game, and then suddenly they're in Western Canada. Like what the fuck? They go on that trip. Obviously, they have the three-game trip in December where they find out Limblom has cancer. It's like Jesus Christ. What else? Uh, and then, you know, the post-Christmas trip was just, that was just a disaster. But if you just take some of these, if you look at it sectionally, like before the uh, before the 0-3 trip in December, they're like 9-8-1 and or something on the road. Now, 500 isn't even that great, but I'll take 500 over the dreck they are now. And it's something I think they can straighten out as they get healthier, as they move along. Uh, but it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. It is freaking insane. The wild difference between all the numbers on the road and all the numbers at home. It's crazy. Um, goals per game, goals against per game, like everything switches. Power play percentage, penalty kill percentage. It's all nuts. Half the players just aren't as good. We all know Carter Hart's road splits are bad. It is... I, it's so weird, I just don't think it's a like a, a thing that can possibly persist. There's no way there's no way they're more the team they are on the road than they are the team at home. Because why? Is the Wells Fargo sem- center that's 25% empty like some amazing home ice advantage? It isn't. I, 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 it's such a weird trend. The numbers are so drastic. I just think it's an anomaly. Um, Uh, It's going to annoy me. We're going to keep talking about it. It's going to make us mad until they prove they can win on the road. I just don't – I don't think it can persist, right? Maybe I'm just trying to be optimistic about it. 
Bill, saw you on Market Street the other day, took a picture like a creep to ask my friends if it was you. Uh, that night you were wearing the same outfit on your stream, so next time I'm going to yell your name and annoy you. Where at on Market Street? Because, yeah, I mean, I work there, so it's a good chance. Uh, what was I wearing? Was it, it must have been, what game? Uh, now I'm doing like my own sleuthing. Was it Thursday? Did I work on Thursday? I believe I did go in for a little on Thursday, right? I think so. Yeah, so probably over at like 20, uh, 24th and Market, probably around there. Hot soda, cold pretzels. Yeah, I know I'm going to screw up that. I, I think I've always said beer cold and food hot, but I don't know. I f it's very possible because I screw up that kind of shit all the time. Uh, G, JVR, and TK were great tonight, but do you like G at center long term? Better on the wing? Yeah, I think he's better on the wing, but there have been some games this year. They've had him back at center, and the line has done really well. Like, last year, he was dreadful at center. Like, he he was actually, like, actively not good, which is crazy because Drew's a good hockey player, you know. Whether he's declining or whatever, like, his base is good. Uh, he's good, at least. And at center last year, at some points, he just looked washed. Uh, and I'm not getting that vibe this year, and they need him right now. Uh, do I think it's a good long-term solution? I don't. Um, but what else do they have? They've determined Morgan Frost isn't ready. Uh, Nolan Patrick, no idea. What else are they going to do? Do you like the lines top-heavy? I do because I think you can do the most damage that way. I don't hate I, – I know this goes against so many things I've said – uh, for the last 18 months about Michael Roffel because I only like I love Michael Roffel on a fourth line. Michael Roffel can play on my fourth line any day. If he's playing anywhere but that, I like him less as he moves up the lineup. That said, in a situation like uh, the Boston game, where you have that top line that you just need to check the shit out of, um, Putting putting Raffle with Couturier is a pretty good idea. You have Voracek there uh, for a little bit more offense, and the other two guys can really handle a lot of the of the defensive responsibilities against a Bergeron. Jesus, Bergeron! Like I'm com combining the two: Bergeron, Marshawn, and um, and Pasternak line. I uh, just mispronounced all their names. <laughs> um, uh, like, uh, it's not the worst idea in the world to have Raffle like in that spot. Uh, obviously, if if you know things were going well, you have Limblom there. Um, he's just a really, really good version of Michael Raffle. Like, that's what he is. Um, it, that's the perfect matchup. But stylistically, since you don't have Limblom, Raffle's kind of a good fit if you're just going for the type of player you want there. Um, but I, I do like the, I do like the lines top heavy. Listen, if you could spread it out in the top nine, awesome. That's great. They just, they're depleted right now. They're missing two top nine forwards. So I don't know what else. You kind of got to go top heavy and just hope those lines dominate. When did JVR turn into Adam Oates, right? He's dishing the puck out there, picking up assists. Uh, TK's contract is going to look as good as Coots's contract has looked. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not quite Coots because, man, you you have one of the best one season in the in the league playing for under five mil. Um, but shit, Travis Konechny is a 
goal-producing all-star. What's he at? Five and a half, I think. So it's a pretty damn good contract. TK cemented his place in my heart the night he called Malkin a fucking nerd. He reached God status with that. It's He's just so much fun. He's just a good time. All four lines were strong tonight. Need that balanced attack on Tuesday versus the Pens. Yeah, of course, like, they freaking, they keep rolling without Crosby. Now all of a sudden he's back as we're getting ready to play him twice in the next two weeks. So, not shocking there. Uh, JVRG and Konechny look good. Had some good chemistry out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with this for now. I'm, I'm good. Not a hugely busy night for Moose. Should be fresh for Tuesday against the Pens. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's got Sunday, Monday off, and he only faced... They did have 35 shots on goal, but I wouldn't say they were all, you know, real testers. Um, he did a good job, but two days off, he's going to have to get back in there against the uh, against the Penguins and do it again. When Meyer stays in position and doesn't chase the puck, he has a shot to be a number two D-man, at worst, second-pairing D-man. I... Uh, Listen, I'll be cool with, like, I'm not going to project anybody to be a number like a first-line defenseman. Um, yeah, I do think he has the upside to be a really good top four D-man. That's what I'll say. Um, a lot of it is going to come down to hockey sense, how he accepts coaching, how he progresses in the structure of an NHL system. Some guys you want to turn loose, but he has to earn, he has to earn the trust of the coaching staff to be turned loose, and then he's got to make some shit happen when he does get the opportunity. You know, it, it can't just be, well, let him go and something, you know, he'll probably make something. Like, we need, he needs to make some shit happen, and then he'll earn the trust of the coaches to be turned loose once he shows he can play within the system. Ooh. I'm sorry again if I sound like shit tonight. Uh, I just don't, uh, my freaking, my voice is shot with the weather. Jesus, how is Pittsburgh still this good? Just die already? They just won't go the fuck away. Like, Chris Letang, his career looked over five years ago, and now he's good again? Like, what the fuck? JVR is an underrated playmaker. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say that before, but I will absolutely say his his decisions with the puck and his passing this year are better than I have ever seen it. That's what I will say. Uh, the NHL needs to have a mic'd up edition, unedited, that airs on HBO or premium channel, and always have TK mic'd up at all times. I think there should be some sort of like HBO game of the week where we get live feeds of um, like players chirping. Like I think you could do a lot of really cool things with the way you shoot it, um, with the way you integrate the commentary and stuff. Uh, I think there's a lot of room for creative stuff like that that would put the uh, the players' personalities at the forefront. The only issue with it is, oh, man, I don't know if we want to know how much problematic shit's getting said out there. Like, I don't know if the NHL wants that out there. The penalty kills were just a big moment of the game. Yeah, uh, it's it's very nice to have a good penalty kill. Uh, it's been a long, long time, and those were huge momentum, uh, huge momentous points of the game, killing those penalties. I think there was one right, uh, I'm trying to, like right at the end of the first, yeah, that Giroux hold at the end, uh, no, no, not at the end of the first. I don't remember, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, killing the penalties was good. 
that's that's it. I don't have a I don't have a point. Power play looked good tonight, getting a lot of chances down low. Yeah, both special teams look, units look good. Uh, I thought over the last couple games, even though they weren't maybe scoring, they were getting some chances. And you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, sure, he was 0 for 2 tonight or 0 for 3 tonight, but they were three hard line outs, you know. He's starting to hit the ball hard, just a matter of time. We say it. I say it all the time. Power play is going to be streaky. It's like a power hitter. Yeah. When it's bad, it looks like Ryan Howard chasing that slider in the dirt. Um, but when it's good, when it's hot, it can carry your offense for a week or two. So hopefully uh, it carries over into the Penguins game and they can count on that stellar uh, special teams play. I really hope TK is mic'd up for the All-Star game. He's the type of guy to chirp someone, chirp someone to death during a completely meaningless game, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I was thinking that tonight when they were talking about the petition to get TK mic'd up. I was like, I mean, does it really matter? Like, it's the fucking All-Star game. What's he really going to say? I was like, no, TK is such an asshole. He's absolutely going to be chirping during the All-Star game. Um and even if it's just like lighthearted exhibition stuff, I'm sure it'll be freaking hilarious because he's a ridiculous human. Um, but at the end of the day, I'll watch the highlights of it on Twitter. I'm probably not going to watch the All-Star game because it's a fucking waste of time. Uh, we've said a lot that it would be great if, uh, if just once a prospect came in and immediately was a game changer. Do you think TK would have been, uh, would have been if he had a competent coach the last few years? I yeah. do I think he had a chance to be more effective with not Dave Hackstall behind the bench? Yes. Um, do I think he was as good his first two years in the league as he is right now? I don't. I don't think any coach would have got this out of him then. Uh, I think he's worked really hard to improve. His progression's been excellent. He's just a, a, a damn good player who's worked hard to be as good as he is. Bill, what player benefits most from the All-Star break? Great, great, great. Uh, a great question, Michael. Um, man, did you see Niskanen on that uh, on that goal tonight? He looked like he looked like he thought he was sitting on the bench. Like, oh shit, someone should do something about that. Well, there he goes. Like, he just did not move. Uh, like you saw it coming. You saw it coming immediately. He didn't take the right angle. He didn't move his feet. It was just like, all right, uh, what are you gonna? You're gonna step up. You're gonna back up. No, you're gonna stay completely up. There he goes. He's by you. Um, I've really liked what Niskanen brought. Uh, what Niskanen has brought to the team, just in terms of steadying the blue line, being a good veteran for Provorov, uh, all that stuff. But. Over the last couple of, let's say, two weeks, he has looked not as good as he did before that. Let's put it that way. Uh, so hopefully after the Pittsburgh game, he can just rest up over this all-star break and come back and be that steadying uh, veteran presence that he was uh, for most of the year up to this point. He definitely needs it. Uh, Richard says, Faraby, two goals in two games. Is this the start of a breakout? I hope so, man. They could really use it. It would be um, so beneficial. Uh, we talk about the depleted depth, the injuries and stuff, and if they can depend on uh, if they can depend on Farabee to give them even just decent third line production. I'm not asking the kid to be a fucking superstar right away. Listen, 
if he scores a goal <laughs> every game for the rest of the season, I ain't going to be complaining. I'm just saying, like, if they can just depend on him for not only his hockey sense, not only being on the penalty kill now, but go out and contribute a goal, uh, make some things happen, be a difference maker sometimes for them, I think that would be huge for the uh, just for the overall depth of the team and the production. TK should be mic'd up every game. I'm not going to argue that. Myers, Sandheim have been good. I wouldn't mess with that just yet. Uh, as a pair, I think they've been up and down. Uh, Sandheim, I thought, had a real disappointing first, let's call it 30, 35 games of the season. Uh, say 25, 30. Let's say that even. Uh, I, I, I just was disappointed. I wouldn't even say he was bad to start the year. Just how good he was last season. Um I was disappointed in a lot of his first half of this season. Uh, I think he's really stepped up lately. And Myers, you'll see the flashes. I just want to keep those two together and say, have at it, boys. You're going to have your mistakes. You're going to have this and that. But you're together now. I wonder if they had a combo of legit reasons plus bad luck for the early road losses and then struggling on the road became a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. Plus, most interviews, they get asked about the road problems, so it's pretty in their heads at this point. Yeah, I think they kind of acknowledge that, like, listen, we know we're fucking up on the road, you know? they. I, I definitely think it is, it, it, even if not a self-fulfilling prophecy, just something that they're aware of, and if they're going to grip their sticks a little tighter, and then that leads to some bad puck luck, like... It, you know, you're on a two-on-one, and you're like, "All right, this is it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break this streak." And you push down too hard, and instead of, you know, ripping a nice shot or making the perfect sauce pass, the puck hops over your stick and suddenly plays going the other way. Like, I do think there's a there's an element of that where it being in your head turns into bad luck, which then does turn it into that. Oh, Jesus! Almost spilled my beer on my laptop. My broadcasting career would have come to an abrupt end if I ruined my laptop. Uh, um, yeah, uh, so I, I, all those things combined, but listen, we can come up with all the reasons, and I believe some of them are legit reasons, and I don't think maybe they're going to be as bad on the road as they've been this year just because how can they be? They're not that bad, so there's no reason for them to play that bad in half their games. Um, but... Uh, I do think there's a, like, they just have to do better. I, we can come up with all the reasons in the world and try to explain this and explain that. And All right, well, but they do, at the end of the day, just have to be better on the road, especially. Houston, <laughs> Pittsburgh is pulling a Houston Astros, the only explanation. Yeah, Crosby just has a puck magnet on his stick. Uh. How is Columbus doing so well this year? Lost their stars and still doing well. They'll be fighting with us down the stretch. Important to win the tiebreaker with them. Yeah, Columbus is one of those uh, one of those feel good stories. Um, we saw it last year with the Islanders, and the Islanders have sustained it. Uh, they have uh, say what you will about Tortorella. He he doesn't seem to have lost the room. Maybe they're rallying around this whole underdogs we lost our players we all we got we all we need sort of uh sort of vibe out there so uh, they're they're a good story I, I fucking hate i hate columbus they're just so boring their jerseys are awful their their rink is just like gray you ever watch one of their games it just looks gray excuse me it just looks gray in there 
I just freaking hate Columbus. I hate watching games in their arena. But can't argue with them. Uh, definitely outperforming expectations so far. Are you worried about the performance after the All-Star break? I am. Uh, I think I talked about this last post game, maybe, on Thursday. Um, like, watching them on Thursday, it was like, all right, just get through these next couple of games, and then you have nine days off that you badly need. Like, they need the All-Star break. They just do. Even if it's just to reset, get a little bit healthier, just take a breath and get ready for the home stretch. But there is always the thing. We know this team doesn't play well after long breaks. We it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we back up with evidence now. It happens all the time to them. So I definitely am worried about carrying uh, any sort of momentum out of the All-Star break when we've seen them struggle uh, this season and in years past after breaks. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. All right, guys, I think, uh, I think we're getting there. I think that, uh, you know what, let's wrap it up right there. We're at 45 minutes. That was a fun game. Uh, let's all go drink. If you haven't started already, you have my permission. If you have, keep drinking. Keep up the good work. All right, that's it. Uh, thank you all for joining me. Thanks for hanging out. Um, I will be back after the next game. I will be back on Tuesday for that 7.30 puck drop uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is here in Philly. But if you can't go, man, you should really go to Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. That's right, Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. It's my favorite bar at the whole Jersey Shore. One of my favorite bars in the world to watch a Flyers game or any game. They have so many TVs, so many freaking direct TV packages. I guarantee whatever sport you want to watch, they'll have it there for you right at Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. Of course, I always say, get that roast pork sandwich. Do it. Get the roast pork sandwich. It's excellent. Uh, Very good beer selection. Menu's great. Can't say enough about the bartenders. Can't say enough about the servers. Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. Just go. I promise you'll have a good time. All right, that is it for real now. Uh, My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.